Northridge High Football Camp, Chapter 3 Vinny was startled awake by the clanging alarm. He placed one arm over his face to shield his eyes and groped with the other hand clumsily to find the off lever on top of the clock. Shit, he yelled. He quickly propped himself up on one elbow and turned on his side, hitting the alarm button so quick and hard that the clock went flying off the dresser and landed on the floor. He retreated just as quickly back down and under the covers. He lay on his back again, returning his bare arm across his eyes. The bright sunlight had already begun to cast large slivers of light through the sides of his window shade. He turned towards the dresser and lifted his arm just enough to focus his eyes on the clock. It had come to rest on its side, about three feet from the legs of the dresser. Reading the hands sideways, he was able to figure out it was 7.05. He had set the clock early so he would have plenty of time to finish any last-minute things before heading for the buses. It was here. Finally. The week had dragged by. Each day seemed endless and boring. Anticipation was running so high down at the school, it was unbearable. Now finally the big day had come, Wednesday. He was finally going off to camp. He closed his eyes, taking in the sound outside. Cars were already moving fairly loudly out on the main road, and he could hear the voices of some of the kids next door out in the yard. The neighbor, Mrs. Gambrini, had three sons, twins aged 13 and a younger boy of 11. Each morning since the Mantas had moved in that summer, Vinny would hear them playing outside as early as 6.30. They were active kids and just had to get out as soon as they got up. And they always seemed to get up right with the sun. He heard their voices rise, laughing and cursing at each other. Vinny kept his eyes closed and tried to figure out what they were doing. It sounded like they were seeing who could run the fastest. They were always trying to outdo each other. Once, when Vinny was laying out in the sun in the backyard, they were trying to pass a football to each other, taking turns going out long. After watching several lame attempts, Vinny got up and showed them how to run and judge the ball's descent properly. They thought Vinny was the greatest. Now, any time he tried to lay out, even for a short while, he always knew he would end up playing with the Gambrinis. They were nice kids, and Vinny often enjoyed being able to show them how to do something properly. He felt kind of like a big brother to them. Their father had died several years ago, and Mrs. Gambrini often admitted to not knowing how to show them guy stuff, as she called it. Yeah, they must be testing speed out there. Tough kids for their age. Too bad about their dad. Keeping his arm securely over his face, Vinny kicked the covers up off his torso and dangled his feet in the blankets as they bunched up and pulled them down with the power of his legs. 
They lay all in disarray around his calves, his feet still entwined in the mess. It was already slightly warm in the room. He was still for a moment. He felt an intensity of heat down just below his navel. He concentrated on the feeling. It intensified. It was almost hot. He removed his arm, lifted his head up off the pillow, and looked down at his bare body. A path of light coming from the side of the window shade was shining directly on his stomach. The shaft of warmth cut across his midsection along the single trail of hair that went from his navel down to the mass of pubic hair. He put his head back down on the pillow. He thought about getting up, but decided he could afford to relax for a few more minutes. Once he got to camp, the relaxation would probably be minimal. Then again, from what Vooch had said, maybe there would be some fun times. That island thing sure intrigued him. He let his eyes wander around the room. He liked the feel of this room. It was his own space. Seldom did his mother or father ever venture up into his room. The Mantas had rented the top-floor apartment in a three-family-type house right off the main street in Northridge. The best part of this setup was that Vinny got to have a converted attic bedroom. It was up a small flight of stairs just off the kitchen. It was very private, and he never heard anything going on downstairs or in the other end of the house. He also had his own bathroom up here. It was small. It actually used to be a storage space next to the chimney, but it contained a toilet, sink, and shower stall. What more did a guy need? It saved him from having to get dressed to go downstairs to take a leak in the middle of the night. His room had posters of his favorite pro teams. The Miami Dolphins, the Steelers, a college banner for the Boston College Eagles. He had some autographed pictures that his dad had gotten for him. Vince McMahon of the Bears, Doug Flutie, the top quarterback from Boston College, and his personal favorite, a large autographed poster of Vinnie Marino. His shelves were filled with pictures of his previous high school teams and a few MVP trophies he had won. Yeah, this was his private world, his football world. The sunbeam had shifted down his body. It now brightly illuminated his dick hair, the heat just hitting the head of his flaccid manhood. He closed his eyes again. He felt his hog beginning to expand. It grew to full length and vibrated against the trail of hair, the head now stretching past his navel and slapping against his stomach. It ached for attention. He reached down and lightly scratched his nuts. The feeling of the sack hair excited him even more. His hog was rock hard and began to ooze some prejuice. Vinny groaned and rolled over on his stomach. This was not good on the day he was supposed to leave for camp. He needed his energy. He needed his aggressiveness. It was not a good thing to shoot his wad now. He closed his eyes very tightly and plowed his hard dick into the sheet under him. He would think of other things. He would make it go away. 
Vinny started to run some football plays through his mind. He pictured himself hitting the defensive tackle opposite him, the guy falling beneath his huge body, chests hitting together, bones making cracking sounds. He remembered the heavy groan of the opponent, and his body was crushed under Vinny's immense weight. He pictured blocking and leaving open field for the quarterback to make completion. He pictured the satisfied face of the quarterback when the touchdown was completed. He pictured Vooch's smile as he jumped and hugged the teammates in victory. All the guys huddled together, rubbing each other's hair, pouring water over their sweating heads. All the rituals of winning. He imagined Vooch walking up to him after the victory was over and just hugging Vinny in appreciation. They were winners together. His mind shifted to Vooch in the weight room. He remembered each detail of his incredible squats, the groans of painful pleasure he let slip out as he dipped down and pressed the heavily weighted bar with all his power. He remembered his muscled legs and chalk-covered knee wraps. He remembered how the sweat dripped off his face as he lay against the rack and how he turned toward Vinny and gave his big, white smile. Vinny suddenly bucked down against the sheets. He threw his body violently into the mattress over and over. He rubbed his face into the pillow and began a deep, uncontrollable groan. He buried his head in the softness of the pillow, reached down under him, and just barely touched the pulsating head of his dick. It began to shoot in spasms of warm, sticky fluid. It stopped for an instant. Then a second, heavier wave of jizz started flooding out. It coated all under him. Vinny lifted his body up off the mattress just a fraction as the hot white spray shot up in a stream that hit his chin. The underside of his body was completely soaked. His sheets were a dripping mess. Jesus, what the fuck happened? He cursed to himself. He got up off the bed and stood on the cool wooden floor, looking down his torso at the incredible amount of jizz he had just sprayed. God, I must have needed this bad. Even football couldn't keep my mind clear. Fuck, Jesus. He walked in a circle, looking back down at his sticky body. Fuck! He picked up his jockey shorts that were always dropped right on the floor next to the bed as he took them off at night. He wiped some of the spunk off his stomach. He turned and walked into the bathroom, dropping the dirty shorts in the sink and looked at his reflection in the mirror. A small drop of cum was stuck to his chin. I didn't even think about screwing any pussy. Jesus, I guess I need to shoot a load a little more often. This is pretty sad, man, he whispered to his face in the mirror. He spit into the sink, then reached over and turned the shower on. He had to rinse this junk off before he could begin to properly clean himself up for the day. He pulled aside the shower curtain, stepped in under the warm stream of water, and shut his eyes. 
Vinny just stood still and let the steady torrent flow down over his body. He stuck his head outside of the shower stall and grabbed the small bar of soap that rested on the side of the sink. The spray of the shower reflected off his body and dropped large pools of water on the bathroom floor. With soap in hand, he quickly reclosed the curtain to contain the cascading water. He briskly did a once-over rub with the soap on his entire body. All traces of his accident washed away. He shut off the faucet. That would do until he shaved. Then he would rinse again and shampoo his hair. He stepped out of the stall and wrapped a towel around his waist. Still mostly wet, Vinny stepped back out into the bedroom and opened one of his dresser drawers. He needed clean underwear and some more socks. Remembering his foot problem, he lifted one of his feet up onto the bed and examined his toes closely. The steam the other day, plus continuing to wear additional socks, were improving his feet steadily each day. He was pleased. They still looked rough, the feet of an active athlete, but the look of their being beat up was subsiding. Vinny put his foot back down on the floor. He rewrapped the towel which had loosened around his waist. A loud knock came on his door. Vinny, you up? It was his father's voice. Yeah, Dad, I am. The door opened slightly. Mind if I come in? He paused at the door. No, Dad. Come on in. How you doing? Vinny continued to dig through his dresser. He lifted his head and smiled at his father. I'm fine. How are you doing? Excited about today? I'm sure you are. I know how excited you get about this every year. His father smiled. He walked over and leaned against the doorframe to the bathroom. Big day. Got everything you need? Yeah, Dad. Thanks. Vinny closed the dresser and walked past him into the bathroom. He eyed his reflection and ran his hair over the stubble. It had been two days since he shaved, and the growth was thick and dark. He turned his head towards his father. Yeah, pretty excited. This is supposed to be an awesome camp, Dad. They'll be working us constantly and really pushing us to see what we can do. I can't wait. It's 11 days, you know. That's a lot of practice, a lot of drilling. They're really putting us to the test. It's supposed to be a hell of a lot of fun, too. Vinny half-smiled and turned back to the mirror. He shook a can of shaving cream and squirted a big mound into his hand. He began to spread the foam onto the black stubble. How many go into the camp this year? You met many of your teammates? Yeah, some. Someone said there's like about 90 of us going up. That means they'll cut around 30 or so. I'm golden, though. They love my ass, Dad. Me and a few of the guys got it made. There's a lot of talent in this town. From what I hear, a lot of pressure, too. I like that pressure. Some of the guards and backs are pretty big fellas. Tony Carvuccio, the QB, is first rate. The offense is strong, and they seem to work well together. They don't screw each other up. Remember how Armand was always fucking up their offense? His father chuckled and shifted to the other side of the doorframe. 
Yes, they always ticked you off. I remember too many times having to go down to get you because you got into another brawl. You took the whole thing personally, like you had control. I'm glad if this team is more put together, son. But if not, don't get so hot under the collar, okay? Vinny paused his shaving, one side of his face still covered with the cream. He put down his razor and wiped his hand on the white towel around his waist. Yeah, Dad, okay, I'll remember. Thanks. He looked at his father standing in the door and felt pride that his dad understood him so well and cared for him so much. You take care, Vinny. Have a good time. Get rest. Hope it's everything you want it to be. We'll miss you around here. His father turned and walked toward the door to the stairs. I'll miss you too, Dad, Vinny called after him. The foam was beginning to drip down his neck. He hurried in shaving the other side of his face. Vinny's mother turned her car into the high school parking lot. Vinny sat restlessly in the passenger seat and glanced at his watch for the third time in the 20-minute drive. 9.50. The buses were scheduled to leave in 10 minutes. As the car rounded the corner, bringing them to the back area of the field house, Vinny spotted a crowd of players and parents surrounding the four vehicles. A mass of luggage and gym bags cluttered the area. A huge van was parked adjacent to the buses, where Billy Ruggiero and Tom Walter stood supervising the loading of all personal items. Vinny assumed all the football gear had already been transferred onto the buses, The van would take up all the luggage and bags, leaving the four buses for just the team members. That was cool. He remembered the fiasco in Allentown when all personal gear had to be on the bus with the players. The ride to that camp had been over three hours and there was literally no room for anyone to move around in the bus. It had sucked big time. Now Vin, call if any problems develop. You know to just call collect, right? His mother asked as she shut the engine off. Yeah, Mom, no problem. Vinny's eyes searched the area. Many of the seniors were near the door of one bus. He spotted Sal Cardone and some of the guys he had seen in the gym. At the other bus was Randy Miller, the sophomore who had been dreading the cuts. Obviously, he had made the camp cut, but he still had a good chance of being out by the end of the 11 days, though. Vinny climbed out of the car and opened the back hatch. Mom, make sure the MG's okay while I'm gone, okay? I put the top up, but check it every day, okay? If Dad has to move it to get it into the garage, make sure he locks it, okay? Sure, honey. You got all your stuff? Vinny lifted out two very large duffel bags, both filled to almost overflowing capacity. He reached into the back seat, lifted out his gym bag, and set it down on the ground. He closed the passenger door of the car and walked round to the back, reaching his arms up and slamming the hatch down, then walked back up to the open driver's side window. Yeah, Mom, I got everything. I fit everything I could into the duffel bags, but I think they're kind of stuffed. I can't think of anything I'm forgetting. What I don't have, well, I'm just going to have to do without. No sweat. Okay, I did everything you put in the laundry. You should have enough. 
I hope you brought a lot of warm things to wear. The mountains will be cool at night. Okay, yeah, yeah, I did. I brought warm things. Listen, Mom, I left a few, uh, well, dirty things in my clothes basket. Some underwear and socks and stuff. I pulled my sheets off the bed, too, but uh, just leave all that stuff, okay? They can just be done with the dirty stuff from the camp, okay? Vinny pressed. Okay, honey. Remember, we love you. Vinny looked at his watch again. Ten o'clock exactly. He looked around again. Still, no vooch. Yeah, I love you too. He bent down and leaned into the window and kissed her on the cheek. See you next Saturday. Bye. He picked up his gym bag and looped his arm through the shoulder strap. He bent down again and with each hand grasped one of the string ties on the top of the duffels. He half walked, half dragged his gear over to the van. He saw he would be waiting in line for a few minutes. Looking up, he watched as his mother drove off. He stepped a few feet forward as the line moved along, kicking his bags, pushing them ahead as each guy finished, and his turn grew closer. Manta, glad to see ya, said Billy cheerfully as his turn came up. You got a couple of big bags here. Sure you fill them each enough? Billy smiled. Yeah, okay, I, I got a few things. You know how it is, ready for anything, Billy. That's my motto. Vinny returned half a grin. Stupid, polite talk. Sure, I filled them enough. Please, give me a break. I'm going to take my gym bag on the bus. That okay, Billy? Yeah, sure, kid. Whatever you want. I suggest you stow it overhead, though, eh? Billy lifted one of the sacks up in the air and tossed it into the back of the van. Vinny picked up the other one and did likewise. You're set, Manta. See you there. Billy stood looking as if he wanted Vinny to move on. Vinny did. He walked over to the bus that had a number of kids already on it. Randy Miller stood next to the door, just leaning against the side of the bus. His face brightened as he saw Vinny approach. Uh, hiya, Manta. How you doing? Gee, uh, I haven't seen you since last week in the locker room. H how you been? Isn't this, like, like really exciting? I, I can't believe I didn't get cut. I can't wait to get up there. I can't believe I have this chance. He talked quickly and nervously. He didn't even take a break to inhale. Christ, this kid is on speed, thought Vinny. Yeah, 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 it should be great, Miller. Vinny turned away and looked around the area. Well, he could get on this bus and get his ear talked off the whole trip, or he could try out one of the other buses. Manta, over here, you stupid shit! Vinny looked in the direction of the voice. It was coming out the back window of the bus parked first in line. He walked over toward where he had been called from, leaving Randy just standing there watching him walk away. Don't get on the soft bus, peckerhead. This is the senior bus. Get your sorry ass up in here. It was Vooch. Vinny climbed up the steps and stood at the front of the aisle. Vooch, where the hell you been? Vinny's voice was enthusiastic. Been here for about an hour. Got dropped off early. Been catching up on my Z's. These fucks woke me up when they boarded. He referred to three guys sprawled out in seats around the back of the bus. 
Vinny recognized two of them as the guys who had been working out with Vooch in the gym last week. The other guy took up the very back seat all by himself. He lounged across the width of the back of the bus. He was huge. He looked fucking mean, too. His face had at least four days of very heavy growth across it. His forehead jutted out almost unnaturally, giving an ape-like look to his head. His hair was a black, tangled mess. He looked like he desperately needed a shower. Vinny Manta, this is John Kirby and Mike Masala. Kirby's a quarterback and Mikey here's a linebacker. Good guys? Uh, okay, players. Vooch smiled wide and let it be known he was kidding them. That there building sitting across the back seat there is meat. Meets a tackle. Surprise, surprise. Vooch shot another white smile. Vinny nodded to Kirby and Masala. He looked back at the monster in the back. Uh, meat? Did, did you say meat? Yeah, meat, growled the guy. I got grade A American beef. Need I say any more? Uh, no, 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 I got it. How, how you doing? asked Vinny. Meat here doesn't need to say much anyway. His fucking dong speaks for all he is. Eh, meat, old boy? Vooch pulled the baseball hat he was wearing off and tipped it to Meat in a sign of praise. Meat just glared back at him, then turned and looked out the window. A bunch of guys suddenly started boarding the bus all at once. Vinny looked out the window at the van. Tom was closing up the back, and Billy had gone around to the passenger side door and was loading in a few extra bags. The van must have been filled to capacity. The guys boarding the bus were joking and laughing and all vying for seats. Within a minute, everyone had sectioned off and was lounging in their chosen areas. Many guys were able to spread out across two seats, as it appeared that the bus would not be full. How many seniors are going? asked Vinny. He turned toward Vooch, who had pulled his hat down over his eyes and slid down in the seat. He also occupied two seats. His feet spread out over the seat next to him and stuck out into the aisle. He did not reply. Twenty-six, responded Kirby. There are nineteen softs and forty-eight juniors, a total of ninety-three this year. Decent-sized camp. Any predictions? Vinny directed the question back at Kirby. The softs will start crying by the second day. Vooch had tipped the brim of his hat back up. And I feel so bad, he laughed. Vinny shot him a wide grin. And you single-handedly caused that, eh, Vooch? Well, not to blow my own horn, man, but I guess I've been known to make a few softs shit their draws. Shit their draws, that's an understatement, said Masala. Vucci here has been the prince of hazing since he first came to camp our sophomore year. He retaliated and turned the tables on the seniors that very first year. He infiltrated the island and swiped all their clothes. They had to come back to camp bare-assed. He never got caught either. Only a few of us sophomores knew it was him. They never did recover the clothes. What the fuck did you do with them anyways, Vooch? Ah, uh, sorry guys, I gotta keep my secrets, you know?
Anyways, the sophomores are already all nervous and shit about this camp. They know Vooch here is a senior this year, and he'll be out for their blood. I heard them a-talking outside their bus. They'll be lucky if they can get any sleep the first few nights. Ha <laughs> ha! The little shits are in for it, eh, Vucci? Masala started hooting in laughter. The driver came up into the bus. He closed the door quickly and started the engine. Immediately, he leaned into turning the wheel, and the bus started pulling out of the parking lot. Vooch replied, Let's just say it's going to be a good year, guys. We'll all get our testosterone flowing and have a little fun with the new guys. Vinny looked out the back window, the view partially obscured by Meat's hulking presence. The other three buses fell into line behind them. He turned to the window next to his head, reached his hands up, and pulled the latches so he could slide the windows down. He locked the glass into its slots so that the window remained half open. A cool breeze started blowing across the top of his head. The level of the voices and laughing began to increase all throughout the bus. The driver turned the bus onto Route 31 and started to accelerate. They were headed north. So where is this camp anyway? How long we gonna be traveling? inquired Vinny. Now, son, I asked you to make sure you took care of that before we left home, cracked Vooch. He laughed. Vinny tried not to smile. He tried to look blankly at Vooch, but the corners of his mouth started to go up. Now, son, just hold your little pecker. If you squeeze the tip and hold it hard, no pee-pee can come out. Vooch spoke in a calm, fatherly-type voice. Vinny's face cracked into a full smile. It was funny. Ah, oh, Vinny, just hang it out of the window, joined in Kirby. Kirby, you hang it out of the window, you fag. Isn't this about when you try to pull it out of your pants and start whacking it off anyways? Vooch turned to Vinny and pretended to lower his voice to a whisper, but intentionally made it loud enough for the back of the bus to hear them. Curb here chokes it several times a day. If you think you feel an earthquake coming each morning, it's just Curb humping the bed. Vooch winked at Vinny. Hump me, Vooch. Then I won't have to do it myself. Come on. Come on, Vooch, just once. Please, please. Hey, the man's a sex-starved fag. Let this be a lesson to you, Manta. Get it as often as you can, otherwise you'll end up like this sorry motherfucker. Vooch pulled his hat back down over his eyes and slid further down in the seats. Marsala looked at Vinny from across the aisle. The ride takes about two hours. We go up 31, turn onto 94, then turn off onto 206. The camp's on a lake just about in the corner where Jersey, Pennsylvania, and New York meet. Thank you, Mr. Map. And our ETA is what? mumbled Vooch from his reclined position. He had folded his arms across his chest, his face all but hidden by the baseball hat. His feet were pulled up so they rested flat on the seat next to him, his knees sticking up in the air. He spread his legs wide. The cut-off sweatpants he wore opened at the leg holes due to the position of his knees. 
Vinny glanced down and could see the bright white cloth of Vooch's jockey shorts up in the leg holes. His legs were covered with light brown hair. The muscles in his legs flexed each time he rocked his knees. He playfully opened and closed his legs in a rhythmic pattern as he talked, hitting his knees together each time he closed his legs. Vinny looked down at the contrast with his own legs. He also wore shorts, but had the baggy type issued by athletic departments. The wording Allentown High was inscribed in navy blue lettering on one side. The shorts used to be pure white. Now they were a grayish tint. Vinny noted that his legs were more heavily muscled than Vooch's, the thick black hair that covered them giving them an even larger appearance to the muscles. Though Vinny's skin was naturally quite dark, it paled in comparison to Vooch's tan. Vooch was obviously Italian, but he had a lighter coloring with medium brown hair. His legs appeared very tanned, and the hair was lightened on them from the effects of the sun. Masala continued, Our ETA will be about 12.15. That is, unless people like Manta here need to keep making potty stops. I think I can handle it. If I have a need, I'll just let it go in this cola can. Vinny held up an empty soda that was lodged next to his seat. Ah, the new taste of whiz cola, smirked Kirby. Meat stood up and pulled his t-shirt off. He kicked off his sneakers, reached down, and untied the string of the yellow sweatpants he was wearing. He slid them down to his ankles, reaching one arm up and grabbing hold of the edge of the overhead rack to keep his balance in the moving bus. He stepped out of the sweats and bent down and bunched them up. He rolled the t-shirt around them, forming a pillow jamming the clothing into the corner of the back seat and sprawled back out. All he had left on were paisley boxer shorts. Thick black hair covered his entire body. One solid mass of hair seemed to run from his neck down to his torso and into the boxers. The same thickness of hair came back out of the bottom of the underwear and went down and across his feet. He was probably the hairiest guy Vinny had ever seen. As he adjusted himself on the seat trying to get comfortable, curly black hairs would periodically appear through the slit in the crotch of his boxer shorts. He finally settled on his side, with one hand tucked under the makeshift pillow. A very clear outline of his hog was visible through the underwear. Vinny could see how he had justifiably earned his nickname. That's a fucking great idea, said Vooch. He slid himself off the seats and stood in the aisle. He peeled off his white t-shirt and tossed it up into the overhead storage rack. He stretched out his chest muscles while he was standing, then quickly shot back across the seats to his reclining position. He pulled his knees back up in their former prominence, pulled off his baseball hat, and replaced it on his head backward. No pussy for 11 days, men, groaned Kirby. 
Oh, yeah, like you got it at home. Masala swiped his hand across Kirby's head. Laughing, Kirby ducked slightly and slammed his head back against the window glass. Ow, you motherfucker! He grabbed his head where it had hit the glass. I do get it at home. Jean Ann Bornstein. I fuck her all the time. Her? Bitch, responded Masala. Whore, said Vooch. Fucking whore, grunted Meat. He shifted his position slightly, reaching down into the slit of his underwear and moving the shaft of his immense tool a few inches to the left. It swelled slightly from his touch. Big fucking hog, Vinny thought to himself. This guy's like the biggest fucking moose I've ever seen. Fucking big and fucking hairy. I've done that, Bornstein, bitch, said Masala. You and the whole team, added Meat. She puts out for anybody. Even your hairy uncut slab, Meat, asked Vooch. He ran his hand down his hairless chest and rested it on his abs. She was able to handle that thing? She gave me head out in my car once. I kept pushing her head down further on it. She was choking. I kept at it, though. She couldn't breathe, but I didn't fucking care, the bitch. She kept complaining about the foreskin. Fucker. I shoved her head down hard, sinking it down her throat as deep as I could and shot a big fucking load down her. She started gagging and shit. She wanted it in her box. She kept saying so, but fuck her. I wasn't going to give her the satisfaction of having my big old meat in her. Let her give me some satisfaction. That's what I thought. She's a fucking bitch, believe me. Meat closed his eyes and started to nod off. The bus had grown quieter. Many of the guys up toward the front had propped their heads against the various seats and windows. The quiet was relaxing for a change, after so much noise during the start of the trip. Vinny looked out the window and watched the scenery go by. The bus began entering a turnoff, the lane turning into an interchange loop. Vinny watched the road signs. They were passing onto Route 94, a larger three-lane highway. He glanced at his watch. 11 o'clock. They'd been traveling for 45 minutes already. He shifted in his seat. He remembered the jokes about taking a piss out the window or in the soda can. He tried to think of something else. He was beginning to need to take a leak. Masala and Kirby suddenly shot upright in their seats. They were leaning to look out the left side of the bus and started to get excited. Hey, guys, the other buses are in the passing lane, yelled Kirby. They're going to go by us. Masala pushed his way past Kirby in the seat and jumped up into the aisle. Vooch, meet! Vooch sat up and leaned over toward that side of the bus, peering over meat and out the back window. Meat sat up. He put his bare feet down on the floor and stood. He again grabbed onto the overhead and ducked down so he could get a view out the window, out the side as the first of the three buses approached the back corner of the senior's bus. All the guys at the front of the bus started hooting. Many of them were trying to quickly get to their feet. 
Vinny knew the procedure. He also slid off his seat and got into a standing position. Suddenly, everyone was peeling down their shorts and sweats. Underwear came flying off, several briefs being playfully thrown around the bus. One pair of grungy-looking jockeys landed on the side of Masala's head. Fucking moron, he yelled, casting them quickly back toward where they had come sailing from. Naked bodies were climbing over each other to line up in the windows on that side of the bus. Vinny pulled his shorts and underwear off in one quick move and managed to get the window closest to the back. Meat, in all his naked glory, secured the entire large back window of the bus. His hairy monster of a body presented quite a picture out the back. The first bus came up alongside. It was accelerating past. Half the guys turned backward and lifted their butts up to the window. Sal Cardone, who sat a few rows up, was mooning and fingering his hole to the players in the other bus. The guys who were facing forward in the windows, Vinny included, started waving their hogs and making jack-off movements. Everyone on the senior bus was howling. The second of the buses passed by to similar antics. Then the third bus could be seen beginning to approach. This was the sophomore bus, and this is what everyone had been waiting for. As it got up near the rear end of the senior's bus, Meat went wild. He shoved his hips up against the large plate glass and started humping his fat, uncut pole into the window pane. He rotated his hips and slapped his foreskin, doing a kind of wagging movement with the enormous piece of dick. Standing behind him, everyone got to see his large butt, hairy as the rest of him, bucking forward. As the sophomore bus pulled up alongside, the hoots grew in pitch and loudness. Kirby and Masala, at the same window, actually managed to hang both their dongs out the opening. Kirby let shoot a spray of piss. The water streamed out and whipped back against the side of the bus. Vooch scrambled to close the open glass at his window to avoid the urine coming back into the bus. You fuck, Kirby. Jesus, your fucking piss almost got me in the face, you fag. Why didn't you just shoot a cum load on them, you fuck? Vooch yelled loudly, laughing at the same time. The expressions of the younger kids on the soft bus were priceless. Vinny saw Randy Miller sitting in one of the windows of the passing bus, his eyes wide and his mouth dropped open in an expression of disbelief. All the seniors cheered as if victorious. The sophomore bus pulled ahead, leaving the senior bus at the back of the line. A scramble began to find the undershorts of those who had thrown them around. Vinny and the guys in the back pulled their shorts back on and returned to their seats. Each had a wide grin on their face. The guys up in the front of the bus continued to move about looking for their lost articles. Sal Cardone walked up and down the aisle looking for his underwear. 
Two of his friends got him each time he passed by their seats in the search. One of the guys would grab for his dick, which was flapping as he walked. Sal would then hunch over to avoid being groped, and the other friend would grab his butt, causing him to lurch up quickly. They were all laughing and calling each other homos. This was the camaraderie and antics that Vinny knew would be the best part of the trip. Every camp Vinny had attended had similar rituals and pranks. It was a welcome relief and a definite need after spending days having your butt kicked around the playing field. The bus had began to settle down. A few jokes were being made about the softs up in the front, but the back area, where Vinny and his group sat, had grown quiet. Vinny occupied himself with continuing to look out the window. He crossed his bare feet and pulled his knees up close to his chest. His toes stuck out over the seat next to him, the sunlight coming in from the open window illuminating the tops of his feet. He lazily watched the shadowy reflection of the passing trees as they formed patterns on his skin. He picked some dirt from between the toes of his right foot and reached into his shorts to adjust where they had tangled when he pulled them back on after the show for the passing buses. The bus had grown even quieter, and they drove almost in silence for some 15 minutes. Vinny passed the time looking around. Directly across from him, Kirby and Masala sat in seats together. Kirby had his head against the frame of the window, Masala his head against the headrest, and half against Kirby's shoulder. They both had their eyes closed and their mouths open. They were off deep. Vinny turned to his left and looked at Vooch, lounging in the seat behind him. He was again slumped forward in the double seats, his baseball hat still on backward. His spiked, light brown hair shot up through the hole that allowed for the plastic adjustment strap of the hat. He had three notches on the strap used to custom fit it to his head. His face was turned back into the seat, so Vinny saw mostly his profile. A smile was still on his face, although he also appeared to be almost asleep. Vinny watched his long eyelashes move slightly as he blinked, even though his eyes were closed. One hand rested on his tanned stomach, and Vinny noticed that Vooch did not have a single hair on his chest, stomach, or arms. A deep tan covered all those areas, giving him a healthy but very young appearance. Looking back further in the bus, Vinny saw meat curled up on the back seat. He looked rather unusual, such a huge guy curled in the fetal position on the seat. He had put his paisley boxers back on and was on his side facing toward Vinny. Meat's eyes were partially open, but did not appear to be focused on anything particular. Every once in a while, Meat would reach down and pull on the opening of the slit in his underwear. Vinny assumed he was adjusting himself, trying to get the monster comfortable. Vinny looked at his watch again. 11.45. According to Masala, they would be at the camp in about a half an hour. Unfortunately, Vinny's need to take a whiz was growing in the worst way. 
He didn't think he'd be able to hold it for the remainder of the ride. He also knew he didn't want to ask the driver to pull over and stop when they really didn't have that much further to go. He looked out the window again and tried to clear his mind. (sighs) No way. He had to piss. Real bad. He thought of Kirby hanging his dong out the window. No, that would be too much. He glanced over and spotted the soda can he'd been joking about earlier. Well, maybe. Yeah, fuck it, why not? He picked up the can and shook it, totally empty. He glanced around again at his buddies. They all seemed out of it. He ran his finger slowly around the small opening of the can where the tab had been popped. No way was his dick going to fit into the opening. He'd probably hack his hog off to death even if he managed to squeeze it into the hole. No, he was just going to have to aim it just right and hope the stream went in. Jesus. He put his feet flat down on the floor at the bottom of his seat and locked his toes firmly against the steel reinforcement of the seat in front of him. He didn't want a chance being thrown around in the seat once he started shooting. He undid the fasten on his shorts and pulled down the zipper. Vinny tucked one thumb into the elastic waistband of his jockey shorts and pulled the cloth back, exposing the head and about half the shaft of his dick. He tried to aim the slit hole of his hog at the opening in the can. It wasn't working. His hog was too restrained in the underwear. Not enough stuck out to piss correctly. Vinny looked around again nervously, then lifted his hips up and slid his shorts and briefs halfway down his thighs. The hair on his nuts was pinching him. His legs were still too pressed together. He pulled his clothing down even further, now allowing his legs to spread partially, his nuts hanging freely. Now he could manipulate his dick enough to point it directly at the target. Piss was not flowing. He closed his eyes and tried to relax. He breathed slowly and tried to relax more. Suddenly he felt the warm flow begin. He had to reopen his eyes to make sure he was directing it properly. The piss started flooding the small container. Vinny couldn't restrain himself. He suddenly had a thought of panic, picturing the can filling to overflowing proportions. As his stream continued, he tried to shake the can very lightly to see if it was nearing the fill point. The movement of the container caused his aim to be off for a second. A small amount of the warm yellow piss shot out and over the top of the can. He quickly re-aimed and continued back into the opening. The can appeared to only be about three quarters full. His need was subsiding. The last drops spilt out of his dick. He had managed it. Vinny let out a small sigh. He couldn't believe he had even tried this stupid idea. It could have been disastrous. He jammed the can very tightly into the space between the seat and the window, making sure it was secure and couldn't move. Reaching down, he grabbed hold of his shorts and underwear and pulled them back up together again. He shifted in his seat, 
adjusting the pouch of the shorts, and used the other hand to pull up his zipper. As he was refastening his button, he turned his head to the left. Kirby and Masala were practically doubled over in silent laughter. They had jammed their hands up to their mouths to cover any noise. Tears were running down the side of Kirby's face. Vinny turned bright red. They had seen the whole thing. Oh, shit, Vinny muttered. He kind of shrugged in a, what could I do message. Kirby burst out loud. We thought you were going to try to jam it in the hole. We'd have to take a side trip to the hospital to get it cut out of the can. Man loses dick in vat of diet drink, Masala joked. Do me a favor, will you, Manta? If we bunk together, remind me not to leave a drink beside the bed. Yeah, if it isn't too much trouble, try to go pee-pee before Betty bye Gee, you guys are fucking comics, Vinny said. He was still red. Do me a favor, guys. Get bent. Everybody started to wake up after the noise. Kirby and Masala kept their story to themselves, which Vinny thought was pretty cool. They were kind of rowdy, but okay, guys. The bus turned into a smaller dirt road directly off Route 206. Within minutes, the air took on the smell of the forest. Trees were thick on both sides of the road. Dust rose from the tires of the bus and formed a large cloud trailing them. Off to the right, a lake began to be visible every few seconds between the trees. All the guys started talking and getting excited. Suddenly, the forest opened up into a clearing. The other buses were pulled over to the far right side of the long building. Players were already getting their personal gear off the parked vehicles and putting them into large piles. Everyone had arrived. They were ready for the games to begin.